The Lux Ops here podcast special, the Many Saints of Newark edition, is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag, use promo code LSH for a 50% deposit bonus on your deposit up to $1,000 and enjoy the world's largest online casino while you're at it. Get in on the races, get in on... Hey, if you listen to the last episode, I give you table tennis picks in Russia. This is what the action is saying going forward, guys. It's 24 hours. There's stuff going on around the world. and You can bet on it over at mybookie.ag. Also accepts Bitcoin. You can get paid out in Bitcoin. And the market's going great right now. Uh, I'm a millionaire in Shiba Inu alone. So everybody, get over to mybookie.ag and join the, the T-Gen revolution. Hell yeah. I'm here for the Many Saints of Newark special edition with my good friend Tom Beecher. Tom, how you doing, man? I'm really excited, man. I actually, um, uh, I really was uh, stoked about the Katerina Volkov uh, parlay in the Russian <laughs> table tennis. She paid that paid off huge. Um, my I got my advice is to take table- guys named Sergey. The Sergeys are. I got are paid the- out. I, I actually get paid out in the Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, whatever the, whatever his um, proprietary. What's that called? Crypto. Crypto. That's yeah. how, that's how some you ETH, some Thibodeau, Bitcoin, crypto. some, uh, yeah, man. I got some ETH. I got some Bitcoin. I got some uh, Shiba Inu. I got over 1.5 million Shiba Inu coins. And, dude. What the hell is Shiba Inu? It's one of those new meme coins. But, dude, it's up like 400% since I bought it. Ba- so <laughs> That's, Bowser, back in the day, I remember you used, used to be all about getting some Chiba in you. And now you're Shiba in you. I mean, I still get the Chiba in me, you know. I, <laughs> <laughs> I've always, you know, that's, that has that part hasn't changed. Anyway, you think I would have bought some stupid like cartoon coin <laughs> if I wasn't high as shit, dude? <laughs> like, of course, I have some Chiba. In me. There's like a a requirement of a it's like Chiba Inu is the only crypto that's like 25 percent uh, sativa. Uh, yeah, I get. I mean, yeah. Dude, I should just start Sativa Coin and then and Indica Coin and and play the market oh, against each awesome. other. Yeah. I think that's that would you know, Dickie Moltisante would appreciate a fucking master stroke like that. And Oh, what would Dickie Moltisanti be into with the crypto now? He'd with, be definitely be into crypto. He would be a crypto Have guy. You? Uh he would I I think he'd be pr- more of a um like he'd be really pragmatic about it, I think. In, in like a real practical way, so he'd be he'd be like all in on Cardano. Um, well, don't you think that the? I mean, now I think about it, the um, don't you think that like Tony would have gotten into the mining, or at least maybe Christopher would have gotten into like oh, Bitcoin Christopher's mining. definitely running a huge mining operation, and and you know like Christopher. Uh, here's the thing, Christopher went all in on crypto mining after. Some other like like Benny or somebody else really got in on the online sports books. Nice, yeah. I mean, this is like obviously if Christopher wasn't choked to death, wasn't on the choked side to of death. Highway, <laughs> yeah, by Tony. in uh, Kennedy and Heidi, yeah, which definitely happened. Um, you know, because Sopranos canon. <laughs> here's the thing about this movie, Tom. Sopranos canon and the movie kind of don't line up to me perfectly, and I'm okay with that. I can suspend a lot of belief, but. And so is yeah. Sil- is Silvio like thirty five years older than Tony? Like- <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Silvio, uh, the thing that I loved about the Silvio thing was that it was like he was a character out of the Star Wars cantina. Like that was he was like from a totally different movie. Yeah, like it, <laughs> which uh, I dug. Like I love that actor, um, John Magaro. He was in. Um, David Chase's movie that I love called Not Fade Away, which okay. is like I think just a just a f- awesome awesome movie. That's one of my favorite um, Stone songs. Oh, it's great! It's a, yeah, it's awesome, and they use it really well in that movie. I um, hope, I hope they so would. he was the lead. He played the like David Chase. Um, you know, it was like a coming of age story that was semi autobiographical. 
Um, and uh, he was in it. So yeah, the Silvio thing was kind of weird because I always thought of of him being like with Tony and Jackie. Yeah, I thought he was like around their age. Maybe I, I thought he was like a few years older, but he was like kind of like the older kid in the neighborhood to them. Like, and I guess he was younger yeah. than Dickie. But dude, was he like a bald twenty five year old? I guess in the beginning of that. I guess so, man. I mean, I wonder if it's kind of. Yeah, I don't know. I'm assuming I buy, that you know, I, I buy it at the end of the series, Silvio being in his mid to late fifties and Tony being in his mid to late forties or whatever. You know, like that makes perfect sense to me. Sure. Yeah, I think that that holds up. I mean, the thing that was kind of there. But were didn't Silvio things... go with him and Jackie on the card game heist? I don't know that he was in on that. That's the thing. Is I, I was kind of hoping that we'd get to see Feech Lamano's card game That's get a... heisted. That's what I was hoping to see too, and I think maybe in part two. Yeah, I think there's going to be a sequel because okay, that kind of leads my first point I had kind of written down here is we don't there's a a, a shocking lack of appeals in this movie. That's true. I mean, Jackie was there in the um, ice cream truck. I was a little bummed. It wasn't that wasn't a good humor truck, was it? Uh, I I think it was right, or was it? A, was it a good humor truck? A, I don't know because that's kind of like in the. What's one of my favorite Sopranos? Yeah, that was a good humor of all time. Yeah. Is when uh, he talks about getting in a bidding war with John Gotti for a good humor truck. Yeah, I just watched that episode um, last night. That's uh, that's awesome, but um, yeah, Jackie was in there because he mentioned he says his name, but like you never really like you don't meet him. Yeah, it's but just... that would be that would be awesome if they did like a star Wars thing where it was like the Sopranos universe and each of the families gets its own treatment. Yeah. Okay. You know, so this was the Moltisante. Like... Okay. Cause I'd like to see young Richie April. That's more, I'd rather see him more than young <laughs> Jackie. Want to see him uh, take out Rocco de Mayo. Yeah, Spanish exactly. Dude, I was hoping we were going to see that dude. Like young Tony yeah. sees old, like Richie being a few years older and like a total badass and so, like, I, and we didn't really get to or see just that. a total sick maniac. Yeah, dude. Fuck. Yeah, like, I mean, and I I did like the way it showed Dicky uh, going off and just p- having his pocket bottle of vodka that he's constantly chugging. Yeah, that Cause, was cool. Because um, that's cool foreshadowing towards Christopher's problems in the. Because dude, also there's that scene where, uh, after uh, he thinks Tony, uh, Adriana's blowing Tony in the car, um, mm-hmm. on on that episode, how he fucking uh, snaps his sobriety by grabbing the bottle of vodka out of the freezer, and the way he chugs yes. it is like uh, you can tell like the actor who played Dicky here, uh, Alexander, uh, what's his name, um, Alessandro uh, Denovola or yeah, something, yeah. That guy, that he studied how Imperioli did it on the show, kind of. Because I, I definitely saw. A, there's been times where we see Christopher <laughs> go off the deep end with his vodka bottle chug. But see, Dicky, it's a different time and era. He's able to casually chug a bottle of vodka. Yeah, it wasn't that weird. No, I just liked that. Um, I loved that performance. I loved that character. I thought it was so cool, just like how. It's just, I don't know, man, those scenes, like the scene when, like, he's at the party with everybody, you know, and he's, like, kind of playing the peacemaker with uh, with Livia and everything. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There was kind of a cool, like, I just liked how well, he, like, fit into the how, tapestry of the family. In season one, how Olivia essentially saves Christopher's life with the him and Brandon Falone, where Brandon gets killed, and they do the mock execution, execution on Christopher, as kind mm-hmm. of a revenge thing, or as a revenge, kind of a, a wake-up call to him. And that's basically what Livia's doing. And she said something about, he used to mow my lawn or something like that. But I think it goes deeper than that. I think Helped her go- change her storm windows. Her storm windows, yeah. I think it goes deeper than that, where she really loved and respected his dad. Yeah, I think you're right about that, for sure. Because that was a really cool thing. He was like the only person that she had anything nice to say about. Until he had her pills in his pocket when he died. Yeah. Um. That's, that's but the true. thing that I was kind of thinking of it was like one of the like uh, maybe this is just corny and it's not um, like a good idea, but it feels like they didn't really use the fact that he was banging his stepmom the whole, like for most of the movie. Yeah, 
Like yeah. there was never any like except for the kiss in the like alley where he's like, What are you crazy? My wife is back there. Like they didn't there was no tension of like them getting caught. There was no, no... yeah, and they, they kind of just overplay that. It was like, oh yeah, that was his dad's chick, but now it's his Gumar, you know, like Yeah. And like wouldn't it have been um and then the fact that he kills her for cheating on him with you know Harold is like I don't know if it's like if if that's I was kind of hoping it would be something like you know she's pregnant or I don't know like uh that I feel like that part of it was a little bit like my least favorite part yeah I did like the drowning scene the way he just like like I just kind of like that because uh like once again, it's like when Christopher choked Adriana, finding out she was an FBI informant, and you thought he was going to kill her, and then didn't, and backed off. And I, yeah. I felt like that there was like a moment where I thought that was going to happen there, and then it's just like, oh no, she's dead. <laughs> yeah, <it's>... uh... right. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be like, uh, did you did you find that was it hard for you to watch because of that girl you killed in the ocean? Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was real triggering for me and her family. <laughs> Uh, uh yeah i bet uh um, but also that's what happened never, hey never pop off i forgot her on a family secluded, was there never pop off on a secluded beach <laughs> all right that's rule number one in the sopranos there are universe. some places you can pop off the olive garden yeah you hey like she should have done that shit on the boardwalk is all i'm saying dude yeah like, coney uh, island the boardwalk you yeah. know you don't Holston's. do that with a, you don't pop off to a wise guy in like the middle of the desert or like out in the yeah. woods or there's certain places and times where right don't uh, do that out in the pine barrens I, I did love the part where you f- see young Paulie walnuts doing his nails in the f- back of satriales there like that was that was so funny you know what was so weird is the fact that it was like that to me was like almost like a wax a soprano's wax museum Cause like they never like you you don't there's no like Polly Walnut story in this he's just like there yeah you know yeah, yeah. at he's least just... Silvio has like some kind of like you know he's the one that plays peacemaker between Dickie and Tony yeah he like... uh, he gets to like you know have that funny thing with his hairpiece um yeah he he gets like... a little even Big Pussy kind of gets a little meat on the bones there because isn't that his dad who get played by joey coco diaz that gets killed there oh i didn't know but i mean they look they look so much similar that makes sense yeah and i think his name was bompancero so that's what i was uh when i was they looking at him buddha when i was looking at the credits yeah i was like buddha bompancero i'm like that's gotta be pussy's dad right like oh man that was kind of interesting. That's one of the things that I'm excited about now is going back and watching the series, having seen this movie, because it's now like I feel like there's almost like a deeper connection. Like yeah. The sadness. The sadness is like deeper. Yeah, it's way you know fucking all sadder. Stories. Yeah, especially you know. I mean, spoiler alert. This has all been a spoiler alert. And I'm putting that in the show description. But if you click onto a reaction yeah. show of a movie, like, but. But like the fact that it was June. the luck stops here is sponsored by spoilers. Yeah, by spoiler your mother. Um, <laughs> spoiler dot biz. Um, but no, like that junior, you know, ultimately the one who gave the order on Dickie Moltisante there, and you know he had the perfect timing on it uh, because of his feud with uh, Harold, with the uh, Harold and whatnot. And I think yep. it's funny because you yeah, see that. You kind of see it in three steps when he first hugs him at the his dad's funeral saying you're my brother now and then when he's picking up johnny from prison driving him home and johnny telling him out why can't you be more like dickie multisante and then finally yep. the slip and fall at the funeral home funeral home that pushes it all over the line like it's just the, that yeah. simple yeah he uh was and i i mean it was uh you know, you knew it was going to happen. You know, he's, yeah. as soon as as soon as they tell him that they've got TV trays, you know, yeah, got a little, you know, it's around sad. Christmas time. The the snow, the TV trays. You're like, oh, I see what's come about to come right now. You know, we we've heard this story. You know, what's amazing to me about this, um, you know, a lot of people have been talking a lot of shit about the movie, 
Yeah. Um, not, you know, like New York Times just absolutely like. Well, the New York you know, Times. I don't know. I feel like. As I uh, pointed out to the New York Times in their review on the on Twitter, that they're a disgusting pro-war fish wrap. So, you know, they should yes. maybe keep their bullshit to themselves. But what did they say? I didn't get any response, but a few of my friends thought it was funny. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, the, uh, but the thing that I think is so like that speaks to the like quality of it is the fact that like I was sad Dickie Moltisanti died when I knew he was going to die from the very beginning and I knew how he was going to die. Yeah. And the whole time I've seen him, he's mostly been a total scumbag. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> but the guy, like he's a like, huge piece of shit. He kills his yes. dad. He fucks his stepmom. Um, yeah. um he's an alcoholic. Her. Yeah, the murder yeah, murders his stepmom. Uh, you know, just some like and you know what's funny too is I love how uh I love just from the racket standpoint of the movie, it's about the numbers in the seventies, which the state law like they mentioned it in there, state lottery's coming soon. It's going to put a lot of this out of business. Oh, man. And it's like, <laughs> so they, they would like, I, I mean, it just, it's just really funny to me. Like, he uh, he's fighting over this, this dying business, and he doesn't even know it, you know? Like, he's like, they're, they're all fighting this losing battle over that, you know? Another thing that kind of yeah. bothered me, though, is like, and they, they, it was cool how they explained how the numbers game works, but like, because most people just hear about it and don't understand, like, the whole concept of it. But I would have liked to have seen, like, the first shakedown of, like, the first garbage route or something like that amongst that crew. That I just love that. Um, that would be kind of awesome if um, – because they already had the garbage routes, right? So, I mean, there's no – Yeah, like, these garbage routes and, like, these construction companies, too, have been kind of, like, long-term family, like, like kind of holdings – so I, like like that like that Johnny Boy passed down to Tony and his crew and what you know like yeah I th- I think it would have been really cool to have see- seen like a lot of these seeds getting planted for like Tony's success later is all because of like a couple of these decisions now which I mean if they're gonna do another movie they can totally get into that stuff but okay so <laughs> you brought up a good point yes. though it's like okay each family gets its own movie so okay that would be rad so an April I think a, an April April movie would be the next one I would want to see. Like, Dude, that sounds great. Um, young yeah. Richie and Jackie uh, getting involved with young Tony there. You know, like, there's definitely a lot of meat on those bones. You you can also introduce young Ralph Cifaretto in that. Well, did you ever watch the show on HBO called High Maintenance? No. So, like, it was rad. And it was, a, it was, it was just, it was way better than uh, I can describe it. But it was like these series of vignettes and there'd be this one guy who was like the weed delivery dude. And he would, um, is played by Ben Sinclair. And he would like come into these episodes and you would like meet these characters and then you'd just stay with the characters. It'd be so cool if they did that with Michael Gandolfini where it's like, you know, everybody loves Tony and everybody wants to know what Tony's up to. But really the story is about Dickie Moltisanti. Yeah. And it's about that. It's like his story and Tony's like a bit part of it. It's not even like close to a two hander. Hey, you know he's like a side character in that. So imagine if he's a side character in the April story, in the Bompensero story, and like whatever the story is of like, you know, if you could do like a three amigos of like Big Pussy, uh, Polly Walnuts, and um, Silvio. Silvio, and like how they got, came to own the bada bing and you could make that like a sitcom that runs oh, for dude. 10 years give, how about this one give me just a hash and johnny boy movie oh that would be cool yeah like how they how how why are why is their, their friendship so deep that tony was so close with them all those years later you know but actually um hash was friends with dicky i think that's how he knows hash John, I thought he was always friends with Johnny Boy. The, the, the old man. That was, I mean, but in the movie, he talks about his friend, Dickie talks about his friend Hash. That, he, or yeah, he um, does mention Hollywood it. Dick does. Yeah. Yeah. So Hollywood that could be Dick. how I feel like Dickie Moltisanti, like it was kind of interesting when you think about like Tony and then uh, you see like um, John Bernthal playing his dad. I think uh, he totally erased the original Johnny Boy Soprano with that performance. 
Yeah, right. Like that. This is the Johnny Boy Soprano. Like that guy is was so good. And then I love the know, line see- too. I promise, I'll sh- if she were to get confirmed, I'd shave my mustache. And then it cuts the Livia. Just it, his Guma said he looked like Robert Goulet. <laughs> that was a great scene. Yeah, because was- like you just the thing that was so interesting about it is you just see like where Tony gets his charisma and it's not from his dad. It's yeah. from Dickie. Yeah. Cause like the t- Tony's dad was just like up there just dying. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's just like the energy is just all flat and dead. And he's just like this kind well, of, and you uh, see too. I mean, it makes total sense now why, why Tony had such reverence for Dickie and whatnot. Because Tony never had to do horrible, like the way Christopher ended up having to do horrible deeds for Tony. Tony never had to do that for Dickie. It was other people, Dude. you know. You know, it's like he he was always the guy who was nicest to him, who tried to keep him out of trouble. You know, like right. <laughs> my favorite, what I think my favorite moment of the movie was. Why I mean, there's a ton, but I loved the part where he was like. Yeah, Dad, you want to tell me you want to play football in high school? You're smoking already? Oh, just like getting so pissed at him from smoking. Yeah, uh, like, love yeah. that. But like, um, <laughs> dude, I lost my train of thought. What were you? You said something about um, oh, having to do terrible things. So my question is, like, what do you think Dickie is doing with Tony at Holston's at nine thirty? Do you think he's like, hey, you want to be in on this? let's go visit this guy Harold and you can see what this life is all about. Do you think that was going to be Tony seeing and witnessing his first murder? Or do you think that it was just kind of like a, you know, I didn't even put together that he told Silvio the time for the Harold murder in the morning and the time for Tony, like meeting. So yeah, Yeah, he was meeting Tony. Like he was on the way to go kill somebody and he was going to meet with Tony. I I think it was more, he was basically going to, like it, it, the murder part of his life was so routine at that point that he was just kind of like, all right, I'm going to go meet, uh, I'm going to go tell this kid, straighten this kid out a little and be like, Hey, it's best for you. If I'm not involved in your life, you see where this stuff comes from. You, you see, you know what it's all about, you know, and I know it's tough for you, but I, I, I can't be the one to, you know, save you. I can't, I can't be the one to save you from your parents. Cause you'll just end up in it all anyway, you know, kind of thing. And I mean, I mean, I wonder, man, I feel like the way that he and Silvio, like Silvio is talking about like all the potential he has, it didn't seem like he was talking about the potential for like, you know, becoming a Kevin Finnerty, like insurance salesman or something, you know, he was talking about like in the game, uh, you know, in the family, like he had potential. Yeah. They clearly could tell he had balls and could handle himself at a young age and was pretty, for the most part, pretty low key about it. Like. I mean, yeah. they all knew what was going on because they know everything that's going on. And the, but, like, I mean, and you see, too, where I, I feel like Junior was definitely jealous of that relationship. That was what was so awesome is that, like, that's why I'm, what I'm talking about. Like, when, we, when you watch the show again, all the times Junior is talking about playing catch with him and doing those things, he did that, but in spite of the fact of being, like, a distant second yeah, as a favorite uncle. Yep. Like he was not the, the guy, the kid's favorite and stuff. And I think also, I mean, it, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. And well, with Junior too, it's just like you can tell he was kind of the the Fredo always. Yeah, he was like a sinister, a more sinister Fredo. Yeah, and like, and it, to see him like. That's kind of why, you know, Junior basically ends up stumbling to become a demented old man living in a fucking psych ward because he was kind of too bumbling, you know, in his own way. I mean, he was very cunning. Don't get me wrong, but he's almost too bumbling to get in too many people's ways there. Or at least he played the good dumb act. Yeah, you think he was he was like a (laughs) he was a crazy Joe Gallo until he wasn't. No, I was was thinking more like Chin Gigante. (laughs) <laughs> like, like early on. is that the guy which was the one that used to go with the ro- be in the robe yeah that's Shinjigante in the village yeah oh, okay crazy joe gallo was the guy who gets shot at umberto's clam house right in the irishman yeah they showed that in the irishman but i don't think it was uh frank sheeran that did that but like uh good scene nonetheless though because umberto's look just looks cool with those old pepsi signs and the whole thing i don't know uh yeah 
but like I do like the fact that they're uh, the final like part is Tony having to go to a meeting at Holson's. I think that's fucking a great little tip of the hat to the whole thing. Yeah, that then you you think about the like final scene of The Sopranos when Tony's sitting there waiting for his you know he's well actually he's not waiting for his family anymore, but it's like every time that door opens you know he's probably reminded of like of, when of, he was waiting for Dickie and Dickie was gone. And it adds a whole new, I mean, to, I mean, does that almost draw a direct parallel to Tony's murder there now? Well, you know, I don't like to uh, acknowledge that there is a murder in that scene. Right. I know a lot of people argue for it. and uh, But I just love that. I just love that it cuts to black. Yeah. And because uh, like for me that like it's not really the, the point for me wasn't like whether he was killed or whether he wasn't. I mean. I feel like the fact that there's a Sopranos movie now, like if James Gandolfini was still alive, they would have made the like entourage version of this where yeah, totally. like he's on trial and you know, whatever. But um, yeah, because that, they, they set that up to... so many ways where you, you can interpret it how you want, but I think they were setting it up where he was about to get popped by the FBI there. Maybe. I mean, that's a, always been a strong well, possibility. That's what's so cool. The thing that's so awesome about it is that the audience knows it's about to end. Right. Yeah. But so now we're finally in Tony's shoes. Like that's the only way you can get an audience into the shoes of someone who at any moment could be killed, arrested. His life as he knows it is going to be over is like right at the end of the show. And then they just like abruptly cut it out because that could happen to him at any moment throughout the entirety of his life. But we knew the end was coming. Yeah. we. So like for me, that was like such a real, that was, that really blew my mind. I, I uh, really liked the way like junior immediately, I kind of stepped in behind Tony at Dickie's funeral there kind of, and it's like, I think it kind of like was like a, send like two messages one of like him kind of admiring his handiwork against dicky and then now him knowing that he's now filling in for tony as that that go-to uncle but also it's like it looks like he's about to take over a lot of dicky's rackets oh yeah i mean i'm sure it was a great i felt like he was a little bit like shocked at what he had done that's how i was reading it was that he was kind of like uh what, you know how you like Dickie a made guy that's what i want like i would think so right i think i, I mean because they never quite make it specific i rewatch it just watch the beginning where it's the imperially voiceover he says my grandfather and his brother were associates of the DeMeo family but it doesn't say anything about dicky's status and so and, and i've tried to research this online i get anywhere from he was a capo to he was a made guy to where he was still just an associate that he hadn't been made yet. And it would make sense if he was just an associate because they had closed the books in the mafia after a Appalachian, like 57 or whatever. And they didn't start making guys again until after Carlo Gambino died in like 76. So That's interesting. So there was a whole like time period there in like the late sixties, early seventies, where there are these guys who were obviously on their way to being made the second the books open and they were treated with made man status, but they weren't technically made. But Junior, wow. for example, Junior was old enough to have been made in the old days in the 50s. Right. Like he would, he That's could, interesting. He could have been 25 there in like the mid to late 50s right before they closed the books. So I don't know. I think that's just something to kind of think of because if, it, if that was the case, then yeah, I mean, no matter who Dickie technically was with, Junior had the right to kill a non-made guy for an offense to himself, to what he considered an offense. <laughs> That's just in the rule book. I think, yeah, I think you have to get permission, though, right? Especially if he's like, if he's a huge your brother's earner. top earner. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's part of it, but it's like, but I mean, at the same time, this guy was at war. I mean, there's someone. a reason why he didn't, why he did it in secret, is because everybody loves this guy. Yeah. So he doesn't want anybody coming. Everybody's going to hate him, if, even if he does, like, raise the beef, you know? So it makes total sense. And like you were saying, it makes sense on a business level, too, because now he's going to, like, basically probably take over. But he doesn't take over that um, that crew, you know? Like uh, Silvio and Pauly and all those other guys, they all... Um, uh, they all go. They're, in, kind of, they're he, like in Johnny's crew, basically. Yeah, right. They all came from like Tony inherited like that old generation from his old man or whatever. And 
Right. That was, um, yeah, man. I just like, I did I like was... seeing how young Artie Bucco actually had more of an edge to him than young Tony did. That's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't have mind, minded seeing a, uh, a Charmaine Bucco appearance. Yeah, that would have been pretty cool. I, I, I definitely. She's pretty much my favorite character. She was always kind of like a like a voice of reason on there out of nowhere. Kind of the yeah, she's yeah. really. I I always liked her as an actress too. She's great. I just watched uh, Sleepers last week, and she has a small part in that, and she's really good in that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, a lot of people from The Sopranos are are in a lot of those weird '90s New York shop movies. Like, there's only a handful of really good actors that fit these profiles for a lot of those movies, and they're all going to go through those casting offices for The Sopranos eventually. <laughs> like. But I, I am pretty stoked that speaking of like that kind of stuff is like that Ray Liotta is now officially in the Sopranos canon. <laughs> yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, because I, I always thought it would have been kind of cool if they would have got Pesci out for like a few episodes to go head to head with Frank Vincent or something like that down the stretch. Or if they would have brought in like an Al Pacino, oh, like, like really brought in one of the major heavyweights. And I think bringing in Ray Liotta, that's pretty strong, like in terms of mob movie icons, like. Yes, and the guy's, he's just a great actor. You know what's an underrated one with him, Harvey Keitel, and Robert De Niro and shit is Copland. Have you ever seen that? Yes. That movie fucking rocks. You would Pete, Sylvester Stallone and Peter Berg and, dude. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone. I just remember his ear bleeding in that. Doesn't he, like, yeah, he's he, got some, like, okay, he's, he's deaf in he's one deaf. ear or something? I mean, I felt like there was, like, a fatal flaw that kept me from getting into that movie, and it was something about... Like why Sylvester? Okay, Stallone so he was like be in the NYPD. Yeah, so he yeah he couldn't be NYPD because he was deaf in one ear, so he had to be this like small town sheriff across the river in yes, Jersey. And all the all the dirty cops lived there. All the dirty cops from NYPD lived in the small town New Jersey, and they all kind of ran roughshod over him. And De Niro plays like the fucking internal affair guy that like works with him to bust like Harvey Keitel and all these guys up. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize. I didn't. I forgot about that part. Yeah. So it's like, because basically Harvey Keitel, like Michael Rappaport plays his nephew and they fake his disappearance or whatever, his murder. I remember that. I remember Michael Rappaport running really funny in that movie. Yeah. Cause like they, they, they like he shoots, he's like a dumb cop who shoots somebody. So they, they fake mm. his death to get him off the hook of any kind of investigation into like what all this crooked cop shit they're doing. That sounds right. Yeah, it's it's a pretty dope movie. Like I, I just gave most of the story, but anybody listening who hasn't seen <laughs> Copland, definitely check out Copland. <laughs> it's 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 really like coked out Ray Liotta, like on that like Goodfellas and a Goodfellas level though. If you like coked out Ray Liotta, like he's he's fucking great in it. Like, I that's my favorite Ray Liotta. I don't know. I also like Feel the Dreams Ray Liotta. If you that's my it, least favorite coked up route. I didn't understand why he was on coke in that movie. Uh, I didn't understand that why never they, made any sense to me. I didn't understand why they made Shoeless Joe Jackson a right-handed hitter. Well, that's uh, I think only that's a that's pretty. Uh, I mean, Babe Ruth famously modeled his left-handed swing after Shoeless Joe Jackson. Come on, you could do a camera trick to make a right-handed guy look left-handed. It's not that hard. I, I even yeah. I know how to do that. <laughs> baseball is like my fourth favorite show right now yeah uh, yeah i rank it behind succession reruns <laughs> only murders in the building and reservation dogs i just watch sopranos over and over and over again and occasionally mix in the wire i've been just pounding gabagool this you whole know, time early in the days and, of covid i watched sons of anarchy Woof. Is that any good? No, it, it's all actually it's all right, dude. Because like, there's some really good performances in it. I really like Katie. Dude, Sedol. I'm. I feel like the my favorite mob thing that I've seen in the last uh, two years, besides Many Saints of Newark, which by I have to say, when I first saw it, I was a little um, disappointed. And then the more that I've watched it, the more I've liked it. And the more I think about it, the more I like it. Yeah. You know what I, I realized is like, because for people that thought it was going to be this like, like almost companion piece to Goodfellas and the Godfather. It's like, no, oh, it's not going to no do that. It's not going to do that. It's going to play a lot. I knew it was going to play a lot of fan service and hit the mark on most of that stuff. But what I thought it did was like, 
like the vi- like a lot of it was so senseless, but that's how it went down on the show. And it's just like it's it's just scatterbrained and senseless, but yet that's how the show went. So it makes a lot of sense. Like some of these deaths coming out of nowhere and whatnot. I loved it when uh, Harold fucking blasts the kid in the fucking military recruiter's office. He's like, "This war wasn't my idea." Like, yeah, it was great. That I thought that was cool. That character was. Um... That character was really uh, interesting to watch. That guy basically decide, ah, oh, fuck this. I'm not, I'm not taking orders anymore. Yeah, like, hey, I'm the one doing all the dirty work for this guy to live the fat Cadillac life while I'm living like shit. Still, so, like, yeah, yeah. Something I, like that. And I did kind of like how they incorporated Frank Lucas into it, legendary Harlem drug kingpin. Whereas, like, yes. Hey, I, I now. Denzel Washington is still the canon Frank Lucas to me. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. Like, that's the standard. Yeah. Denzel as Frank Lucas was, yeah, some of the most hardcore shit ever. So. It's one of the best, like, shootings ever when he uh, shoots Cuba Gooding Jr. in the face on the, in the middle of the street. Uh, dude, what about when he shoots Idris Elba? Maybe that's what I was that, That's of. definitely who you're thinking of, yeah. He puts the he 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 empties the cup on the table in the diner. Once. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's definitely that. Uh, but no, I like overall, like I do think that they've set up nice for a sequel. Like I said, I I'd like it to be about the appeals with like a, maybe a little bit more hash in there. I think that'd be a cool way. Of... I missed hash. I'd love to see like a just a like Richie Aprile getting out of a mental institute of some kind. Oh yeah, I mean. That... Um... Janice, uh, Janice being, going like, into her irrationally road, attracted to him. Roadie blowing years, Janice too. You get into that, dude. Man, I really like. And also the some dude, that... some young Bacala action, dude. Not so much Bobby, but the old man. Toothpick. Yeah, yeah. dude. I want to see why he was such a fe- like you know because I did the age, like I was saying like I always wanted to be like Pesci or something like that because they did have Burt Young and like. Robert Lagia. I mean, they did bring in some fucking all-timers. Yeah, where was Feech? Yeah, I wanted to see Feech. I wanted to see Old Man Bacala. Uh, I also would have liked to have seen a little more Tony Vendetta. Like, Tony Vendetta. Like, they mentioned him. Where it's yeah. like, uh, she told that, uh, Tony Vendetta told her about what he did or something like that. And Janice. Dude, does it feel like, it? yes, Tony Tony Blundetto, like, ratted him out about something like uh, the, yeah. like, ice cream heist or something like that i believe Uh, but the um the thing that is really odd to me is like the reaction to this movie where like you read all the descriptions and all they do is talk about how it's the story of a young tony soprano yeah no that's like the new york York times article completely missed the headline if you look at the comments there it's all people going you misspelled dicky moltisante you fucking idiots like like it's (laughs) yeah and it's like it's not about him no, which yeah. I think is, you know, a little disappointing. I have to say, like at first, when you go in with an expectation and you're thinking it's going to be this like coming of age story for Tony. And in some ways it is, but it's not like very kind of obliquely that it's more, you know, the story like this, this kind of character study of Dicky Moltisanti. Yeah. Why was uh, this guy so like. He was the most mentioned character that we never got a chance to meet in flashbacks on The Sopranos. Yeah. Everybody else, we at least got to meet in flashbacks. And he, he was the one that we didn't. And so, no, yeah, that's great. Dude, also, I would have liked to have seen some, like, like young Johnny Sack. There's another one, dude. Give me the young yes. Johnny Sack story, dude. And how him and Ginny fall in love while she's working, like, retail somewhere or whatever, whatever it was. Like that department store like that'd be great when she was still a dancer before she lost her figure <laughs> no dude i would i would love it if uh they you see the origin the origin so... story of her fucking first box of candy in the basement <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's so sad i just think it would be awesome if if he was he just always was just like irrationally head over heels for Ginny in spite of the fact that she was like, you know, a 250 pound uh, linebacker working at a <laughs> department store. She was more like a 300 pound nose tackle, dude. She had those, like, she had that, <laughs> by that time, she had that, uh, that, uh, that uh, stopgap feature. If you, you know, I think, you know, like 
really plug and play right there in the middle of the defensive line. She's like a definitely a three four defense. She could anchor. Yeah, absolutely, Ab- absolutely. She is drawing that double team every time. <laughs> Don't but, let Johnny Sack hear you talking like that. But like, no, you could get into the uh, Lupertazzi family and all that. By the way, did I tell you that the guy who played Joe Peeps follows me on Twitter now? Joe Peeps, Joe Paparelli. Yeah, that the actor that played him uh, follows me on Twitter, which I think is pretty awesome. Who? Which one? What? What's he, what was he? Joe Peeps. Joey Peeps. Yeah. He was the uh Johnny Sachs uh protege that uh Blendetto killed. Oh no way. Yeah. Oh man. Peeps. That's right. Yeah. And then dude. he gets his foot run over. Yeah, yeah, dude. Where the headstone where it just says peeps on it. <laughs> like, like, that was the, awesome. Tony's like, what the fuck is this? His family name's Pepperelli. What the fuck? Like <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's... <laughs> that was great. There weren't as there weren't laughs like that in this movie, you know. No, there were a couple. Like of the funniest good thing, the the my favorite one was when uh, Christopher says that Neil Young gave that speech on the moon, um, which is hilarious. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, dude, like, cause like, well, in the show too, it's over the eighty-six episodes or whatever. You really get a chance to play out for some random laughs out of no. I, I always like the Carmine uh, Junior stuff. <laughs> like, Carmine Junior must have been the funnest character to write for with all those malapropisms and stuff. Like, oh yeah, he was just little Carmine, dude. He's such an idiot, dude. We're like, what was it when Christopher first wants to make the movie with him, and Tony's just like, you know, little Carmine, you know, he's retarded, right? <laughs> Like, oh man it's just so good dude like and like it's a great show yeah and like i do feel like they nailed some of the detail of like the show into the movie in little scenes where it's just like uh what is it the the patron saint name you took that means you know uh you you help dentists <laughs> right so do you think so i one of the things i was thinking about was um the um dickie's gumar um, what was her name? But the, oh, anyway, his, his step- <laughs> so she, uh, do you think that she was kind of the inspiration for that, um, that, that like dream Tony had in season one where he's got that, that woman from Italy that comes over? Oh, dude. I love, yeah, I, I do. I think, uh, he, he that that's like uh something that stands out to him at a time in his life where it, things were more simple yeah that that's awesome then um there was another thing i noticed that was kind of weird which is that um remember they when when he gets arrested in um when johnny boy gets arrested in the episode of the sopranos he comes home that night and says they got the wrong guy um and then the dude that he roughed up is like congratulating him from the window, and that's the guy that offered. Yeah, no, to but take him to Reno uh, they kind of. I, I thought about that. They kind of made it in the movie seem like uh, uh, that there was like a Johnny's weapons, not coming home. He's got a, another uh, weapons charge tacked on. Like it, bat- it battled which, for a while there. Like he was like in and out on that. But it's kind of interesting when you're talking about the like. Uh, like the what's that called the narrator the um not the inconsistent narrator jim bowser if you could just go and edit it so i sound <laughs> no, more intelligent uh, oh. later i'd appreciate it oh you mean an the, un- uh, unreliable narrator unreliable yeah the unreliable narrator as i was saying um he um that may be how tony remembered it you know but it may not be how it happened. Like he could be like, yeah, no, combining memories. No, and I, I, that's a very real part of the show. You know, is like, you know, th- this is how it went down back in the day. But over the years, people's memories faded. People wanted to remember other people in the better light. You know, all kinds of stuff like that. Notice how Junior never talked about Dicky Moltisanti. Yeah, not, right. Not once. This is this guy who had this huge impact on Tony's life and all this. But throughout the series, Junior never mentions him. Yeah, that's interesting. I want to go back and watch the calmly trucking episodes hey, with Brendan Falone. Back to, to what you it. were saying. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead there. 
Well, like with uh, calmly trucking and when Christopher and Brendan Falone kept hijacking those trucks that Junior was protecting, um, that would be the time when he would mention it if he was ever going to. That's true. Yeah. Um, also, like like you said about uh, the Italian woman that Tony kept having the visions of in the season one dream sequence episode. Mm-hmm. Um, what about in season two when they go visit Italy? And he, yeah, the and, boss, and he has a chance to fucking kind of hook up. You know, he kind of made a pass at her, and then she was kind of like, "Yeah, I'm down." Like later, and then he backed off it, which we we never really see Tony do. Only with the, the Juliana Skiff character later on, for the most part. Other than that, he always gives into his carnal impulses. But for this particular time, he doesn't. Maybe it's like it was like out of reverence to Dicky. Well, I wonder if it's that, or if it's that she's an equal to him. Yeah, like she's also on a boss level. Like, yeah. I think, yeah, I think like I... there's something about, like, the power dynamic that he couldn't... I mean, I don't know, man. That would be a whole other, like, NC-17 uh, Sopranos movie where we get into the sexual psychology of Tony Soprano. Yeah, it's just about him fucking banging all of Carmelo's friends back in, like, <laughs> when they're, like, 22. So, oh, how about the weekend down at the shore with uh, Charmaine and Artie and uh carmella when they were all younger that would be uh that would be a fun be fun. fun road movie yeah <laughs> yeah just a just a happy road pick about a couple of couples like like hey and who was that that tony roughed up there uh at the phone booth scene the dude uh that's a great question i am not 100 percent sure who that was like whether that might have been tony blendetto or it could have been jackie yeah um yeah, I, I was trying to figure out if like that's something that like matters like in anything later on of like the first time sh- Tony really showed violence in his temper like that in front of Carmel and shoves her to the floor yeah. and all that. I mean, yeah, not her. That was uh, that to me was kind of interesting because um, you know you think about with like Carmela and the image that she portrays in the show, and then when you see her in uh, you know as a young woman with this guy who like knocks her to the ground and she's like rest, she's like in the rough and tumble with him. It totally, um, I don't know, for me, it was like, oh wow. She was like way more um, privy to that stuff than I mean, realized. And, and him and her and Dickie were first cousins, if I'm not mistaken, like Hugh DeAngelis. Uh, Dickie's mom was Hugh's sister. If I have my Sopranos family tree, right. Okay. Wow. And so her and Dickie were first cousins. Like, that's how it was always kind of put in the show. So it's like, I, I wonder if there's like a scene where Dickie introduces Tony to her or something like and that, that just made the cutting room floor. Like, it wasn't that important enough to show a young Carmella that much in it or something like that. But it just seems kind of interesting to me that they didn't really kind of harp on the fact that, you know, that Carmella's family was directly related to Dickie. I, yeah, that was pretty... Uh... That was that would have been cool. I would have liked to see. Uh, I think if you have like Tony and Carmela meet, that's like now, becomes a whole other thing. One of the critiques the I've heard is people didn't like how Ray Liotta played two characters. But I will say this: they had uh, twins play uh, Janie and uh, Joan Cusimano. Yes, and they had pie. twins. That, uh, one guy played twins in Phil and Patsy Parisi. So there is multiple precedents on the show for that. So if you have a problem, you know, with that, I um. I tell the students in my classes when they ask for letters of recommendation that their mom needs to bake me a regat pie if they want me to do it. And like, nobody's ever gotten the reference. (laughs) And I haven't gotten any pies. I've written a lot of letters. I've gotten no pies or even like a polite chuckle out of the, out uh, of the, the, that's a shame. I mean, I think it's cool. how Like the Sopranos, especially during quarantine here. I mean, they're already working on the movie before that. But it really kind of found this new audience through streaming services and people being at home. And like young kids are really into The Sopranos now because it really speaks to them, even though it's kind of a period piece for them at this point. You know, like, yeah, like you don't have to be uh, um, like have have committed dozens of murders and like ruined your soul to feel a little bit bleak about the future. Like back then, Tony was kind of like, you know, like a little bit on the extreme end of uh you know mental health but now it's kind of like people are are closer to that yeah no yeah there's a there's a lot going on there and i think you know too like uh 
with Livia in this. I mean, I'm glad we got a oh poor you. I'm I'm, I'm so glad mm-hmm. we got one of those in there. But it just kind of showed her like I think I thought Vera Farmiga nailed it. Like just just this she was awesome. Just like this life force of a woman who sucks everyone like just brings everyone down around her. Dude, how about that moment where he shoots her in the hairdo? Oh yeah, I mean you hear, okay that's one alteration made from the uh, movie to the show. Where on the show they always said it was uh, Uncle Junior and his gumar in the car, wow. but it was Dicky and uh, Joanne, but. It makes way more sense. It's like, once again, that's unreliable narrators have been telling this story all these yep. years. Maybe that's just Junior inserting himself into this at, at, at a certain point because he, he could now take over Dickie's life in a weird way. You know what I think is really impressive about it is when you think about this movie and you have like Nancy Marchand, who's like this revered actress who played like this role in a way that, uh, you know, that was just absolute, that was, you know, it was great. And Vera Farmiga plays her and like what a landmine or minefield you're walking through when you're playing the part of like a revered part by a revered deceased actor. And yet she like nails it. Same thing with um, Michael Gandolfini. Like the fact that like the problems with it were like, oh, I wish there was uh, like more story. I wish there was more of this. I wish they had that. And it's not why did they ruin the show by having these people come in and fuck up these parts? Yeah. And no. they, they didn't. They hit everybody. The acting was incredible. Yeah. I felt like maybe in the case of like Silvio and Pauly, it was a little campy, but other than that, like, yeah, you're right. Like I felt Michael Gandolfini really nailed, uh, Tony's like mannerisms and just like the, well, you know what I was kind of interested in was the bone structure. I thought he got that down. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I was kind of like, not not saying I wasn't buying Corey Stoll as Junior in the beginning, but dude, where I was fully sold on him as Junior, it was in the car ride with jo- Johnny, and he's just like, "What can I do?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was uh, that was pretty that was pretty dark scene. The um the um gosh, what was the other? Uh... Oh, so you were saying that like uh, Silvio is campy. Like Silvio is campy. Like even yeah, Stephen Van true. Zandt was a totally bizarre performance, you know, yeah. just on its own. Um, yeah. So Dude, go back like, and rewatch the pilot now, because Silvio wasn't necessarily supposed to be part of the crew and all that. It yeah, was like that's they, right. They decided to incorporate him after he tested well in the pilot. So it's just like yeah. like he comes up to Tony in front of the pork store, like, "Hey, I got some gossip for you." And it's kind of funny the way they portray Silvio in just that pilot episode. It's, it's yeah, it's it was. A, uh, it's I, a I can't different. wait to go back and watch the rewatch the pilot. Well, and like what's to me, it's like what's crazy about it too is like, so like I mean, we know what Tony turns into, but you do see that side of him from when he was a kid, and just like how he did have a sweetness about him, like how like. For somehow, even at the end of the series, like he wasn't. Compl- I mean, he was like ninety five percent monster, but there was still mm-hmm. like that five percent of humanity there. I mean, I mean, if he wasn't human, he doesn't uh, kill Ralph. Be- I mean, because at the end of it, he killed Ralph for killing that stripper, and like, mm-hmm. and like he doesn't, he doesn't show that humanity. I don't know, but like, that would also. I mean, yeah, like the thing that I always, I've always been interested in is seeing um seeing these stories of like you know that's like the point of the prequel a a prequel to me is to like show to give you like deeper context for the original source material yeah yeah. so like and i feel like this really did that because like now you're gonna go back and watch watch those episodes with like knowing these characters far better than you did before gotta get going here in a few minutes but one thing i wanted to cover before we do is i really 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 wish we would have seen dickie go up to providence and wipe out a whole crew yes that's like the one story you know about it dude yeah right like dude that would have been such a badass story like how he had to go up to Providence. like i mean they could have at least mentioned it like oh he was up in providence on some business this week like i don't know like I feel like that. Yeah, and then you could have met those blind guys that they had up there. Yeah, yeah. Like, dude. Because that, that's one of my favorite scenes in the history of the show. 
when they go up there and there's the like old folks home hit yeah man. and june yeah because junior sends him up there and he's like oh i know these guys these old dogs can still hunt and they're just like <laughs> bl- like blind dudes sitting around like... yeah they've got the blue blockers on if i'm not mistaken <laughs> yeah dude it's just like and it's just like it's almost like a david lynch vibe in there it's like what the fuck oh, is man what the fuck's going on in here uh, yeah, that's, that's just call. but i really would have liked to have seen that i mean that's just something they talk about so much on there and i would have loved to have seen that like but it's like because it's funny because we see now though how big pussy like him and junior go back and it makes sense because of uh like how he settled the sit down with junior and jackie when jackie became boss how pussy was when was that in in the uh, uprising of '96 or whatever, no, when ja- yeah, when Jackie and Tony were making their way for Jackie to become boss, and Junior was kind of opposing it, and Pussy was the one who organized the sit down between them. That's like when you find out how Pussy wear- is wearing a wire and all that, like in season two, I believe, where it's like they have all those flashback scenes, and then Tony's sitting there going like, "Fuck, he was, you know, when he, oh yeah, that's right, the sit down, he was already flipped by then, kind of thing, like that's crazy." So yeah, like you kind of good kinda, call, man. I forgot about that. You kind of see some seeds being planted there, but yeah, like I do. I really would have liked to have seen some some Providence action. I really would have liked to have seen some Aprils, and you know that could have because now you can't go show Dicky Moltisanti do Providence. Like that's just that story's off the table. We've already done the Dicky. How movie. awesome would it be? I mean, I would David Chase can do whatever the hell he wants. Nobody's gonna tell him. No, you know. So like that would be really funny is if if that was like basically like a a kind of like tangential story in like the next Sopranos movie where it's just you know that same actor Dicky Moltisanti but flashing back to him wiping out the people in Providence. Yeah. I'd be down. Yeah, that'd be, there, there, there's some potential there. Like there's definitely some potential. Lots of potential. Lots of potential in this universe. The Sopranos. It's a pretty good show, dude. I think that it's gonna have a it's a it's got a future. Yeah, I mean, like the I'm not gonna lie, the Breaking Bad movie, is sequel, ser- uh, movie to the series, uh, definitely sucked a lot more than the Sopranos <laughs> prequel. I didn't movie. even remember it existed. Somebody was talking to me about that. I was like, El Camino, oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I remember watching that. I was like, oh, this is this is. But like Better a- Call Saul is great. I was really worried about that. I thought that was not going to be good. I am not as big of a fan of that. I kind of stopped watching it a while ago. I was just like, eh. It's it's great. I I like it a lot. But the, um, I understand what you mean. Like this, the, I think that uh, for some reason, it felt like they were really delaying getting to the, like, going from Jimmy McGill to, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was just kind of like. It took a while. Yeah, and that's cool and all like i don't know a lot of the stuff with michael mckeon being afraid of the metal and like there's just so much stuff going on there where you're like okay come on guys like you know what i'd like to let's see... speed it up i want to see i want to see some fuel all right okay oh, dude, here's one more thing i wanted to go to cover before we go because uh all right so what about other hbo shows doing a, a prequel okay? I, okay I got two i want to pitch you right now one is for real one's a joke i'll go start uh-huh. with the for real one how about we do a, a, a young prop joe wire prequel series <laughs> okay all right and i like it yeah young prop joe and it shows like avon and stringer when they're like fucking 11 first going out on the corners and stuff like that okay and i think that's so the what you can call it the wire babies <laughs> yeah the wire yeah wire babies we make your dreams come um so we do that, and then also an Arliss prequel series <laughs> about Robert Wool's character, classic sports agent character Arliss, going to law school. It's just the entire show. Just Arliss going to law school. I was thinking they should do a, um, well, they already did the Deadwood movie. Like, dude, I just am so, I can't wait for Succession. So excited yeah, I'm really excited for season, season three of Succession. I, dude, yeah, uh, that's the seventh. Adrian Brody, what kind of weird scumbag character is he going to be? I remember playing? for Succession season two, how pumped I was to hear Holly Hunter was joining the cast for that. Oh and man, she did so not great. disappoint. She was so no. good, dude. 
And also uh, Cherry Valance as fucking uh, um, Cherry Jones. Cherry Jones, yeah, yeah, Cherry Valance. Whatever. The, that was the chick from uh, The Outsiders. The character's name. No, Cherry <laughs> Jones. Dude, I, sorry. Uh, Cherry Jones as Nan Pierce. Uh, dude, she's so Horse good. Horse apples. Yeah, dude, so good. I also like Cousin Larry from uh, uh, fucking. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> like he, him and Connor being the odd couple. Yeah, they're like like uh, Pierce and, and uh, Roy counterparts, so to speak. Like, dude, like I love that. Yeah, that show is uh, just brilliant. I can't wait to so see good. what happens. It's so. I've good. never seen a, a character like Tom Wamsgans. <laughs> yeah, dude. in my life, like it's just so the. I don't know, man. Have you ever I, seen interviews just, with the guy that plays him? Uh, I. I'm not sure. He's like Maybe. he's like super Brit, like Cockney British. That's yeah. I, I did know that he's from England, and it's like um, what the fuck? You're like, dude, that's Wamsgans, man. Like, I think it helps because he has such a he's he's like a middle not a middle class guy, but he's like a Minnesota guy trying to like break into the elite like New York. Yeah, he's trying to well, break into the most elite power structure. So, yeah, like, I don't know how those people talk, but it like having like somebody who kind of struggles with an American accent every once in a while, like at the top register when they're yelling, just makes him seem like uh, weirder and like it feels more authentic to somebody who's like trying to be something he's not. It, it's it's yeah. If you haven't watched Succession and if you're still listening to us at this point, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, How long have we been doing this? I feel like we're, uh, we're an hour. We just to... hit, we're an hour in, so yeah, we're wrapping up right oh, now. Okay. So, but uh, no, yeah, Succession's great. So yeah, it's cool to see HBO's got more fun things on her. Uh, like, because like I, I really feel like I mean I was into Game of Thrones, but Succession's the first one since Sopranos where I really felt that pull on Sunday nights. Yes. Where it's like, okay, I have to go get involved in this weird family's universe, like. like like, I have to yeah. check. I have to see what's going on with them. They they are too yeah, dysfunctional. Like, like you can dip into the like it's the world. It feels all like just totally engrossing and all encompassing. And both are like for someone like us, like two couple boys from Whittier. Uh, like it couldn't be more foreign of like New Jersey mafia or like right. big money New York media. Like either way, it's fucking <laughs> like it's a it's an alien culture to me. Like I do not let's know. Do, what... let's, let's let's pitch HBO like this is a story about a bunch of kids who are heirs to teacher fortunes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not going to believe people... this. Their, their moms are teachers. Their moms have a pension. <laughs> all right. So and um yeah, <laughs> it's a little different. It's a little different. Yeah, and know. it's like, well, do these guys murder people? Uh, jack off on the corpses? What do we got with these guys? Uh, well, there is some jacking up, but it's, it's a lot um, of jacking off on corpses. But it's not corpses they created. It's a uh, it's a lot of slam drunk, and um, now they're trying to like move into like um, no, eating expensive tacos and we, craft tacos. No, if we were going to pitch a show with HBO, it should be loosely based on the political exploits of Crazy Joe Marsico, like a miniseries. Yeah. Well, uh, did you hear there's also like um, the, uh, the the famous state senator that was arrested when we were kids got yeah, arrested. Yeah, Frank Hill. Yeah. 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 yeah, I remember that. I remember, uh, I remember that well because I remember going to visit him at his office in Sacramento like a few months before that went down when I was up there for history day. Did you guys, I remember your history day. Um, did you, do you have to drop an envelope for getting to the Sacramento? No, no. I remember that. That, 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 report that, that was George Geo Harris's job. <laughs> I know there <laughs> has to, somebody the... had to get grease to get that crusades thing into the, uh... dude, it... I bet if you, if you looked up that crusades, report you guys did now that would be like the most cancelable material you've ever created in your life you think so you know what else i was thinking? I, I think Speaking the year of... before the underground railroad probably would have gotten me a lot more trouble <laughs> dude you know what i was thinking about was um this is probably uh you should just cut this off because okay. this probably shouldn't be on the podcast but um, <laughs> yeah, no, we'll keep going for a minute <laughs> the uh the fact that like you're working with plants when like our whole like we won the science fair for killing plants for killing plants yeah well like poisoning them slowly 
you got to learn exactly how much uh, poison a plant can take, and then you can death by chlorination. Yeah, death cruel by cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah, for we, green plants. We won the East Whittier Science Fair with that in seventh grade. I mean, yeah, I guess we probably should have left that out. That makes it seem like we just spent an hour talking about a movie and a show that's been off the air for fourteen years, and then it was like, hey, by the way, guys, we're pretty cool. We won the science fair in seventh grade. <laughs> I don't know. I never said we were cool. No, 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 not at all. Um, but yeah, dude, it speaks th- dude, for itself. Dude, thanks for joining me for this. This was a lot of fun, man. Um, Anytime. Yeah, like uh, if you haven't seen the Many Saints of Newark yet, uh, I still recommend doing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, but we, I, I also would also always love to hear your thoughts on this kind of stuff. So if you want to email. The show at the Lux Stops Here Podcast at gmail.com. I'm always on, especially if you have DGen stories. Because, oh, just real quick, who do you think the biggest. Can D- I just text you? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. But I'm. this is for the listeners. You know, like, I don't, you know, like, listeners send emails and then I read them on the air. And it's kind of a fun thing I do occasionally when I get them. And they're good. And they're not just like weird stories about like hate crimes and stuff. But, <laughs> but like, uh, who do you think the biggest DGen character uh, in the many saints of Newark is I'm going to go with Hollywood Dick. He is pretty, I think, I, I mean, I, I don't know, man. Dickie was pretty, pretty up there. Yeah. Dickie's an extreme DJ, but I think Hollywood Dick was like next level DJ. Like he was even dressed like Don Finucci from the Godfather part two, dude. Come on, dude. Like, yeah. And then that whole story about the donkey, yeah, dude. Yeah, donkey that's shit. That's just off. obviously not true. Come on, dude. Yeah, Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra getting a donkey to shit all over a kid's fucking. Hey, yeah, I I gotta go with Hollywood Dick as the biggest DJ in the movie. But you tell me. Luck stops here. Podcast at gmail dot com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Luck Stops Pod. Uh, Tom, you got anything you want to plug or, or get out there before we get going? Um. No, I'm not plugging anything. I'm just uh, excited to be here and uh, look forward to uh, doing succession recaps with you every week for the next couple months. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. No, because, like, dude, that's like, uh, you know, like, this kind of reminds this doing this episode reminds me of back when The Sopranos originally aired, how we would call each other right after the episode ended and be like, dude, can you believe the fucking Ralphie's toupee fell off of his severed head? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, what's up? It was a great, it's community building is what it is. Yeah, man. And I'm into a good detailed universe. And so that's a lot of fun. Well, thank World you everybody for listening. I appreciate you all. Uh, if you, uh, you know, can't go to my bookie or all the other good things, you can always leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening and maybe leave a rating or review if they let you do that. Uh, it really helps. Uh, helps us get seen by more and more people, get this trending. So that means a lot. And just thank you so much, everybody. God bless you and keep gambling.